Hello, hello and welcome to this One Week at a Time, a Box Hill Hawks podcast brought to you as always by the good people at Budget Car and Truck Rental. My name is Sean Peterbudge and I'm joined by my co-host Emily Ferguson. Emily, how are you going? Good, thank you, Sean. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Very well. Uh, Big episode tonight. We've, of course, got an interview, which we'll get to very, very shortly, but Saturday's game against Werribee, huge day on and off the field, doubles as both the annual Beyond Blue Cup, which the two teams contest, and the VFL's TAC Road Safety Round. And if that wasn't enough, we'll be launching the club's Hall of Fame at a luncheon uh, before and during the match, uh, which will see us formally induct the club's first 21 Hall of Fame members. And more than that, we have an extra special surprise too. The surprise, which is our special Heritage Guernsey, which we'll be wearing on Saturday to honour the club's Hall of Fame. We'll be wearing the classic Box Hill Mustangs jumper. There is no other way to describe it. When you see it, you'll get it. You'll go, oh, yeah. So particularly old VFA and VFL watchers and fans, um, it is just the classic Mustang strip, which is really, really fun uh, and a terrific way to honour the launching of the Hall of Fame. But before we get to Saturday and before we speak about that in a little bit greater depth, um, we've got an interview, of course. You know, We've tried to stretch our legs a little bit here and, and have a chat with someone who you can, you know, I suppose, provide a little bit greater insight or expertise or particularly the kind that we wouldn't normally be exposed to. Who have we got? So for this week's episode, we'll be chatting to Alex Stone, who is Box Hill's red resident dietitian. Um, she's well and truly embedded in the Hawks family at this point, uh, having come across after previous experience uh, with the Saints. But she will be doubling as Hawthorne's AFLW dietitian for their upcoming debut season. We thought we'd have her as a guest because she's great person to declutter and demystify the corner of an elite sporting program and their nutrition and all that kind of stuff. I think that's sort of a, a yeah it's interesting I think she's a really good chat because not only is she super duper capable in this space and lots of great experience but we, we will speak to this when we chat to her she's also a resource that's used by our playing group mm-hmm. and, and the football club sort of holistically to kind of enhance their performance and their health and so I just wonder sometimes if there's a number of amateur athletes out there who might feel that this IP is kind of beyond them from time to time and they keep it simple because of that or they don't try things that they might otherwise that could enhance their performance or their health or their well-being. So um, we hope you enjoy the chat with Alex. Here it is. So we're joined tonight by Box Hill's dietitian Alex Stone. Thanks for being here, Stoney. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now, before we get going, you think we're here to talk about what you do with us. <laughs> you think you're here to give us some handy hints and tips. It's not true. <laughs> I've actually got you on to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, no. A recently released six-part affront. Oh, we disagree on this, though. <laughs> to the original trilogy. You ended up liking it. I did like it. You, we're at completely opposite ends of the spectrum. You kind of <laughs> you kind of like it in like a gleeful, fun kind of way. Yeah. And I'm just like a simmering ball of anger. Yeah. I need to know, what about it worked for you? Because nothing worked for me. I think what I've learned from our discussions as well is that I just don't know it enough to understand where that anger came from. Mm. So I just enjoyed it because it was it was like fun to see these um, like people come back again and 
it was it, it was just like a bit of fun, very nostalgic. It was so this good. Is, this is where I take. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's like nice to see their faces again. It was really good to see Hayden Christensen again. Very fun. See that lasted about five seconds. But I enjoyed it when I was like I was happy. De-age the man. Disney. They did. Not enough. His skin has been made harsher from working on a farm, I hear. Oh. <laughs> this is Hollywood. They do have tools at their disposal <laughs> to make him not look like a 45-year-old man. Oh. It just didn't work. It didn't work at all for me. I hated it. <laughs> and you know what I loved? Probably my most, the most enjoyable part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi five-week experience was every week coming in and you were like, I liked it. <laughs> and I was like, I hated it. A lot. I know. And then I would vent. But I still liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched uh, the follow-up or we gave you some gave you some pics to go and find on Disney Plus and watch? No, I haven't yet. I haven't done my homework. <sighs> I know. I'm saving it for a bye weekend. <laughs> Too busy, like shorty. Three of them. I'm busy. What can I say? <laughs> so for anyone listening, the pics you can watch these too, yeah. The mm-hmm. Waking Sleeping Beauty. Really, really good documentary about Disney's cartoon, like their animated films and how they went from making films no one cared about to like back on top of the world. That does sound really good. Cool. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And uh, Empire of Dreams, which is about Star Wars and the making of the original three, which is, even if you don't like them, a fantastic feature-length documentary. Well, I don't know if this is going to get me some hate, but I haven't seen anything Star Wars related. No, it's fine. I only just watched it it's for the first time fine. last year. Okay. Yeah. So my boyfriend has been asking me since day one that we started dating, let's watch, you'll love it. And I was like, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to watch it. (laughs) It seems complex. I don't get it. Like seems, I just, I don't think I can understand it. And finally in lockdown, um, another couple of our friends, so another couple like it as well. And they were like, let's just do it together. It'll be fun. You know, through when we weren't doing anything else, it was a good way to catch up. And I loved it. The only thing I didn't like in – It's okay. I love it. No, I I'm just so wondering if you can it. guess what it was. It was that pod race that went on for like two hours. Oh. Bit much. But it's actually really great. You just need to watch it with someone that gets it. That's and a nod to Ben-Hur and the chariot race. I don't know what to say. It was just – it just kept going. <laughs> I didn't need like to it. show every single moment <laughs> of that thing. But overall, quite enjoyed it. It was only it was actually three really laps. It, it, time it, it. I reckon two hours. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that when I watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, when you watch it. It's and like it's and there's so much stuff that I didn't realize I had sort of known about as well. Like it there's was a bit of osmosis about it. Even yeah. if you haven't seen it, you you kind of are familiar with so many key moments from yep. it. You might not have seen a single frame of the movies, but you know so much more about them than you think. Yeah. There's okay. so much iconography, which is sort of quite interesting. It's like Harry Potter's a bit like that. The later generations of Marvel movies are probably like that for a lot of people too, where it's like, I haven't seen any of them, but I kind of know what's happened. Yeah, know who Harry Potter is. Yeah, I kind of know all these different, their relationships. You'll get there. That's right. One day. A few more weeks. Yeah, one day. It's all right. There's a new one. (laughs) Andor's coming out soon. I'm ready to be heard all over again. Excellent. Um, So I suppose, look, that's out of the way, but we have actually got you on (laughs) to have a chat about your role at the club. Yeah. What your philosophy or approach to sports and nutrition is, I can't speak for M, but I'm really looking forward to picking your brain and sort of getting all that interesting stuff. And I suppose the beauty of a football club is there are so many different people. There are so many different skill sets. There are so many different points of views or philosophies that go into making a footy club tick. I suppose where does your passion for this industry come from? Mm. 
I really like the environment when you're here. So you feel, and it is like this, but there's a whole group of us working together for the same goal and we all have to play our part. And it's really clear what the goal is. And you know if you've achieved it or not really pretty quickly. And it's fun. And generally speaking, everyone is pretty passionate and engaged and motivated to make change, which is really great to work with that type of person as well. You don't always get that. So it's just, it's a it's such a great environment. Like it's awesome, but it depends um, what that looks like for each club, I think. And so across, you know, over, over time I've been in different clubs and it all varies a little bit. They're all, they all have their own way of doing things, but I think Box Hill has been a really great club to, you know, I, I think we all, are on the same page. Everyone is working really hard and working really well together and everyone's really appreciative of the work that each of us puts in and is really open about that as well, which I think makes a good environment too. But it's just a great environment to be in. I think it was Brendan Rogers, uh, like football manager. I think he might have been managing Liverpool at the time and he actually had one of the most interesting perspectives about working in a football club. He was obviously arguably the most important member of staff at Liverpool at the time, the manager. But he, he recounted how getting through a season is almost like trying to build a plane while it's on the runway. Yeah, wow. It feels you're, like you're, that. You're taking off, but you're, you're trying to build the plane at the same – you know, it's that classic Wallace and Gromit. You know, he's laying the tracks in front of the train. Mm. <laughs> it's that, and I sort of thought that's actually quite an interesting perspective because it is – there's so many moving parts and there's so many people working in mm. concert with one another and there's mm. so many, you know, players are relying on your expertise, your – having your someone like Naps is deferring to you and you've got your working with the coaching staff as well and bouncing off them and then there's stuff that you're conferring with uh, Viz and the high performance guys with and you know we're sort of ducking in and out of that ourselves it's it is a real kind of melting pot feel of so many people with so many skills and talents and traits all rowing in the same direction yeah which is quite cool it is and cool then, and I, love then it. I suppose ultimately where do you hope it takes you um, I'd love to keep progressing with football. I'd love to be able to head up an AFL, AFLW role to sort of branch everything off that and feed it down throughout the VFL and VFLW programs as well and work with um, – it can be a little bit isolating as a dietitian sometimes because you're generally like I'm the only dietitian here um, in private practice where I work as well. You're the only person in your role generally speaking. So to be in that – to create that sort of environment would be really great where I could have support dietitians as well to work with and have someone to bounce ideas off as well. I think that would be really great. So that's where I hope it leads. There's probably also a cool kind of element to that too where you almost want to – there's like a pay it forward Mm. sort of thing as well. So like you get to a point where you can give up-and-comers a path forward that maybe you visualise that wasn't necessarily there for you Mm. but you can kind of go, I've lived your journey – Mm. going on I actually like to make it easier for you as you kind of continue on and hopefully get to where you want to go as well yeah definitely I think I actually did have a really good experience as I was working my way up so I was really lucky I sort of got thrown into this in some ways I was lucky I knew someone who was the dietitian at Sandringham and she asked for a little bit of help so I would come to game day and just pick her brain um and yeah, and volunteer like volunteer my time, but I learned so much, and I would just ask her lots and lots of questions and um, get a gauge on what actually happened on game day, and had a little bit of insight there. And because 
Sandy is affiliated with St Kilda, the AFL club, I was then able um, to meet their dietitian, Ali, and I ended up helping out her at AFL level. So um, during the week for training sessions and then eventually for games as well. So, and she really took me under her wing and taught me a lot. A lot of what I do is from what I learned from her, just interactions that she would have with players, interactions she would have with staff, how she explained things. And she was really generous with her time and would explain something to a player and then turn around and explain it to me in a different way so that I really understood it. Um, And I got lots of the practical learning as well through her. And so a lot of opportunities have come from both of those dietitians giving me a chance to ask some questions and explain things to me and spend time with me in those environments. So I wouldn't have, you know, been able to get here without those opportunities. So I feel really strongly about then opening up those doors for students and younger dietitians and people wanting to get that experience as well. That's the only way I got here. It's not saying that's the only way you can get here, but that's the only way that I did. Mm. And so do you feel as though your personality in any way informs your approach to the role? Yes, I think so. And it, I've become maybe more aware of that recently. I like being in these sorts of environments, as I was saying, because it can feel sometimes quite isolating in the type of work that you can do. And so I like being able to chat to everyone that's here, whether that's players, staff, it doesn't matter which staff, I just like talking to everyone and building connections with people here. Um, it makes it more enjoyable as well. But I think that sort of approach leads to building trust with people too and it goes both ways I can then um, you know I think it goes both ways but I think in particular with players and coaching staff and high performance and medical staff to have I need those players to have my trust and vice versa to be able to so that if they trust me they'll listen to me and take on my advice and if we genuinely do get along I think they're more likely to take on my advice as well and trust in what I'm saying and I genuinely want the best for the people that I'm working with, not only the club but the players, not just as athletes but as people. And so I think they can see that from the connections that we have, we don't just talk about food and I'm not just telling them what to do. We'll talk about other things as well. But I think this idea of wanting to build connections with people and wanting the best for everyone and wanting to get to know everyone and, you know, build that trust, build those connections, I think ends up making it a more successful role as well because they'll actually listen to what I'm saying, hopefully. I think that's an interesting – yeah, I think it's a super interesting sort of perspective because, you know, I suppose the Box Hill experience, whether you're volunteering or a part-time kind of employment or or whatever it might be to be here, a lot of people are here because they're super passionate about the experience and the business and all that kind of stuff. But you do get out what you put in. Mm. So you're you speaking about building connection. Well, the only way you do that is by spending time with people. It's not just swatting in for half an hour and taking some skin folds and going home. Mm. It's actually being present and being there and we'll speak to this later on but being a resource and someone people can bounce off and, yeah, it's so like to to hear you kind of um, extrapolate that out was really interesting because you can absolutely see it. It's all about the connection piece. I was going to say that looking into what you do, that's exactly how I see it. You have built really good relationship and you can, mm. you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't do it just with the intention of it so that they can listen to me. Like I just really want those connections anyway. Mm. And it just makes it a better work environment, I think anyway, but I, over time and after reflecting, I can see that it ends up being a bit of a tool anyway. So, yeah, I think it's a nice way of being able to do it. Make pe- 
people want to feel they don't they're not just athletes like they're people and I think that that's really important to see them as that and see them as the full picture sometimes the advice I'm giving has nothing to do with football it can be about what they do when they're not here and other health goals that they might be working on as well so I think that that's important do you find that sometimes too there's there's always well there can be a little bit of anxiousness associated yeah with this type of conversation about, as in with me about diet or about a hundred eating or whatever so that, that you're almost got the old you know when you're, you're getting the injection as a kid you get yeah. your, and it's like we'll talk about something else and then before you know it it's over yeah it's people like, oh, do not it. like dietitians i think I, I mean that's a obviously that's a generalization but i think we're seen as you know the food police and they assume that i'm just gonna tell them they can't eat xyz and they have to eat all of these things um and especially in this environment a lot of players have had different interactions with dietitians and been in different environments before and I'm very aware of the fact that it's you know I don't know what sort of experience they've had with um, you know even things like measuring body composition may not even have anything to do with the dietitian it may have been high performance or SNC or coaching staff putting really strong messaging around um, you know body composition or you know whatever it might be so I am very aware of the fact that players can come in with their guards up Mm. when it comes to having conversations with me and are nervous about what I might be saying to them or even that I might be judging them or yeah I'm I am very aware of that and so I think maybe that's part of it as well that I really want them to trust me and see that I'm not like that I'm different we can you know work together on this we're a team I'm not going to tell you that, that you can't have all of these things and once they start to see that then I think the guards start to come down. I think it's genuinely disarming. Yeah. Like in a good way. Like it's it's the whole as you said, you're not doing it to sort of win trust. It's it's actually about building a rapport and building a relationship that's yeah. more than just the food police. Yeah, it just makes it nicer for everyone. Like there's only good can come from if you if you genuinely want to build those connections with people, only good can come from that. And if they still don't listen, then that's something else to be addressed, I mm. think. But if but if we have built that connection genuinely, I think it makes things just so much nicer and better and then more likely for them to have success as well. Absolutely. Uh, a really fun aspect of what you brought to the club this year is the little game day <laughs> lunchbox. Yeah. Um, can you explain those to us, just for our listeners, sort of <laughs> what they are and what the philosophy behind those were and the benefits? So they came about um, when I was helping out at the AFL level for Hawthorne last season during covid times when we had to be really conscious of hygiene and not having hands, sweaty hands going into a shared Tupperware of food. Um, So we started putting all of their half-time carbohydrate, easy to digest, you know, fuel options in these individual, and it took a little bit of trial and error, but we ended up with these um, plastic containers that open up. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. Is it true that they're like they're like nail storage. Yeah, like they're from, from Bunnings. Bunnings. Yeah, yeah oh. they're great. So someone at Hawthorne found them and they're, they're just perfect. They work really well. And I had gotten the idea originally from uh, when I was at St Kilda. So that experience, we had personalised what they used as their fuel source during tra- you know, hard uh, main training sessions and games so that they could just – the idea being that they could grab it and go and not stand there looking for the flavour that they wanted or – 
you know, running out of something or, you know, all standing at the table all at once together, crowding this one space. So the idea was for it to be a little bit more efficient, more professional, pick it up and go sit down and have it somewhere else or walk around and have it somewhere else. So it's very similar to that, but for, I suppose, the reason that it started at Hawthorne was something a little bit different. But, um, yeah, so they topped uh, – we add whatever the players are wanting to have at halftime. So there's a bit of a variety. Hawthorne is very food first. We've started using energy gels uh, recently. So that's, you know, been added into the mix of options as well. And um, we have their number printed on top, laminated. They look really good. They do look really good. Look Presentation. Great. Key. Yes. Oh, yeah. They need to make it appealing. Every time I walk past, I'm like, oh, I just love <laughs> it. You know what it's a bit like? It's almost a bit like, so shout out to Zara, who obviously helps you out yes. most weeks. Amazing. Um, Go Zara. So when you guys, so the game sort of starts and when you guys start sort of working together to put these, they're almost like um, the canteen lunch <laughs> order <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you, you have your little checklist of what player A, B and C, what do they want? Yep. And you start sort of filling it out for them. It's it's actually it's quite interesting to watch and then if, I think the first time you guys were doing it I was a bit I was sort of like what's going yeah on? I think everyone was a bit like this is weird <laughs> I was like what's happening here but then when you actually see it in practice and you know Hugh Beasley walks in and exactly what he wants is there yeah he can just grab it and go he doesn't have to think about all the different options that he wants he doesn't have to hold it in his hand and you know try and hold that plus everything else that he's trying to do they can just grab what they want so yeah so. We'd done it at Hawthorne. I wanted us to have the same opportunity here that they have there. We should be just as elite as them mm. and have a bit of that continuity between the two clubs. And I do think it's a really great option because it just makes it easy for them. It's, it looks really professional. It is really professional. They can just pick it up, go and do something else. Um, but, yeah, Zara and I have definitely worked out our system. We're very efficient now. And I, I think – between the two of us, we've probably got most of the players memorised anyway and we probably know this player likes this flavour of this. We can probably do it. I wonder by the end of the season if we could just do it off the top of our heads. But they are I'd just like a way. I'd like you to try that. And <laughs> can I'd we like film you it? To, yeah, we I'd should li- try I'd, I'd like you to let I mean, me know because there'd be some – players would be very regimented by that stage. Yeah, and, and some that, of them have changed during. Like some of them have adjusted it a little bit and said, can we try adding some of this in? Can you take that out? I never eat it or, you know, whatever it might be. So – you know, there'll be some. I'm just pre-warning that I maybe have not nailed. I may not have memorised, but I reckon I could probably get most of them pretty soon. Well, do we want to test it? <laughs> I was, I was honestly say, thinking that. Who's, <laughs> I so. who's someone that's played most? Paso. Pretty sure he's um, pretzels and maybe just snakes or fruit or something. He's only a couple of things. Who definitely pretzels. You don't need to name names. I'd, I'd like it if you would, though. But <laughs> does anyone have like a really weird? It's sort of like that's strange. No, they're all they're all pretty stock standard. I think it depends. I think some of them, if if anything, would just be the the ones who are not sure exactly what they'd like, mm. and so they've got a selection in there. But they know they only eat what they want that day. But if anything, they might be the ones that externally you might appear. But I think it's fine. I'm hoping that they're just more conservatively minded and by the end of the year they'll be just weird. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I mean, some of them are picky about, not here really, but picky about flavours. And I I, I can work it out anyway. They don't have to tell me. I can just see they always leave that flavour behind and so I make a mental note, don't add that (laughs) flavour in there next time with the snakes. I suppose, look, having said that, and that is all very, very good, um, we do have a problem with rats here. 
<laughs> not literally, but certain players who like to go fossicking <laughs> on a Tuesday or a Thursday for what they might be able to find that has been left behind. Yes. Are you aware of this? And yes. And what are you doing to stop Charlie Beasley? <laughs> I was about to say it's Charlie <laughs> Beasley. I can usually catch him if it's on a Monday night, if he's getting a massage because I'm here with the women's team. So I can usually come down and catch him red-handed. We but don't, he's, we, he's shameless. He just takes he, it anyway. He'll look me right in the eye and just take it and walk out. He is completely <laughs> – shameless is the perfect word. He, he's not even trying to be secretive yeah. at this point. He's not even trying to pull off the heist. Yeah. <laughs> it's just blatant. Yep. Um, have you considered and would you be willing to go so far as to locking? We don't want to go that far. I don't want to have to take that step. No. I don't think Sean wants you to go that far because just calling you out right hey. now. Hey, Game days at Did home. Did see a python in your hand. That too, but game days at home loves a muesli bar. I Every yeah, time yeah. we're I in the office. Sure that I make sure that everyone's got their fill. <laughs> we're in the office, he comes in and pulls out a muesli Quick bar Uncle from Toby's. his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, it. I did bring M1 a couple of weeks ago. Just mm. I thought, oh, do you oh, want one? He's throwing you like, under the bus. But I said, no, no, no. No, 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 and I, I forgot about it for about an hour. and then Was that the day you almost choked on it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was choking on it for That's about karma. 15 minutes. That's what I was thinking. But. Um, <laughs> so I suppose ultimately Charlie Beasley, apparently a big fan of the pod. Um, He'll be on soon. Yeah. We don't want to have to lock you out of the food box, <laughs> but we are prepared to pull that trigger. <laughs> be aware. That's your warning, Charlie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so you've mentioned a bit before that you're going to be a key part in the Hawks AFLW setup for 2022-2023. It's very exciting. How yes, are you so enjoying exciting. that opportunity? I'm loving it. It's really good. We're a month in and it is a very unique experience as well because it will be the last time that a club has to set up a program from scratch, which is really pretty surreal to be a part of. It's a really great environment. Everyone's so excited. Um the, the players are awesome, staff are awesome, everyone's really happy to be there. But there's just other pieces to consider when creating a program from scratch. Um, so it's definitely testing me, but it's such a great challenge. And, yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be a really good season. Can you, when you say testing, can you expand on that? What do you mean by that? Just other things to consider that I hadn't before, you know, processes, putting new processes in place where there hasn't, you know been one before so we haven't had all of us together as a team like this before so trying to work out the best system for what we're wanting to do even things like providing food after training sessions you know working out what the best system is for that and you know using different um, meal delivery services and different options and working through the menu and finding the things that work and don't work and you know, accepting that you're not going to get it right every single time, which I hate, hate failing. So <laughs> having to know that there's going to be some no meals good. that everyone hates or – so, you know, coming up with processes of when do we order what and how much does everyone here eat and do we need more of this, less of that, educating and, you know, getting all of us on the same page about how we want to do things. Um, so, yeah, it's – but it's, it's a great challenge. It's, you know, and trying to, you know, create this high standard that we're – that we're wanting us to, to be in. You know, it's a, it is a high standard. We want to get us all there. And so it's a good challenge. I'm really loving it. And so does your approach change between the Box Hill and Hawthorne programs at all? Not so much. 
I think I keep to the same sorts of like my philosophy around what I'm doing hasn't really changed. It probably just takes it up a notch because they are playing at a higher level and it is a higher level. So they expect more out of me and I expect more out of them as well. So I definitely would be in more constant communication with players and staff in the AFLW program than I would be with the VFL players. They do, you know, will message and ask questions and check in about things, but not to the degree that the women's team would, which is a great thing. They're, they've taken it up that notch. And so I think we expect more of each other. So it's just probably turned it up a little bit more than what I'm doing here. Who's pickier? Who's which, pickier? Which playing group is higher maintenance in terms of the team meal comes out maybe after training or they haven't played games yet, but after a game? We have, All I'll say is we have a few more dietaries in the women's program than we do in the men's program. But they're not picky. They're all very happy. They, you know. It's a very diplomatic, very, <laughs> very diplomatic answer. It's just a couple of extra steps that I have to take when I'm organising what we're going to be eating after training mm -hmm. and soon after games that is I'm very happy to take those extra steps but I don't have to at the moment for VFL. Because I'm, like, I'm, I'm speaking from a completely uninformed perspective with the AFLW program but we've got a few guys that would eat I think just about anything if you put it in front of them. This is true. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. What they wouldn't even potentially – we had some leftover something the other week they all loved that. Whatever no, that they was. didn't know what it was. Yeah, but they all ate it. <laughs> it was some kind of. Pasta. There was a line to the microwave. Oh, it was the leftovers the from the AFLW. 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 It, it, was. it was. Yeah, they were whole. They were standing there. The first couple. The pasta bag. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. It was yeah. really good though. But name names. Will Garner. Yeah, there was good a lot. Of, no, no, there was a lot. There was about ten or so of them that had it. But I remember asking the first few through the door. Oh, what is it? Didn't know. I'm just eating it. Pasta was eating it, and he goes, "I think someone only heated it up for like." 20 or 30 seconds to and they're like, oh, I'll just eat up my – that cannot that be warm. Be no. Yeah. Who was that? Caden Mackey maybe? Maybe. I just remember Paso enjoying it and yeah. I was like, oh, what is it? And he was sort of unsure even if, as he was eating it. Yeah. Oh, Paso. But he enjoyed on. it. He was like, it's good, whatever it is. He it was, was good. He it was, was like, delicious. He's like not wrong. There was some chicken or something. Yep, there was chicken. It? Chicken pasta bake, cheesy. Um, and so on a different note slightly, um, mm. you've done some stellar work on social media this year. <laughs> I absolutely love, especially the away games, like the Gold Coast and the Giants game. I loved the reels of a game day. <laughs> how, how did that come about? You just felt like it or? I don't know. I just I thought it'd be fun it, just to look back on. I think I can sometimes um, get preoccupied when I'm at games with what I have to do and all of a sudden the day's over and it, you just – and it's just so so much fun. It's nice to be able to look back on. And I think also this idea of if I think about when I was a student dietitian and if I didn't have the opportunity that I did to be in the clubs that I was, how um, I just would have loved to have had that insight into what other clubs, you know, what, what a club was doing, like what did it actually look like? Because I knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't know what it actually meant. So it was, yeah, it it sort of came out of that, like part for me to be able to have a bit of fun and then look back on, but also part because I think it would have been nice to have had that when I was studying, I think, to look into. So enjoyable and educational. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I know. Can we expect some from AFLW coming soon? Because it's mostly Box Hill at the moment. Yes, it is. I do, I, this is the thing. I just get so preoccupied <laughs> with everything else and I'm just running around. I do. And I have, I have a bit of an idea of what I might like to do in the next little bit. I just have to actually collect some footage oh i'm intrigued i'll keep an eye out <laughs> i did feel 
bit strange when I was, was sitting next to Alex on the flight up to Gold Coast and I'm sitting there doing nothing and she's making reels. <laughs> I'm thinking, what's, probably should get moving here. <laughs> Yours is much better No, though. no, no. But I was sort of going, should I be getting stuff on the plane? <laughs> Sean's feeling outdone. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't outdone. But I was sort of going, have I missed something? Yeah, Alex is working. She's making content on the plane, and then I, I had to respond. So it was good. It was a it was a, it was a kick up the backside to be brutally yeah, exa- honest. Yeah, I was sorting you out. It exactly. Was. Now, the one thing we've noticed sort of about you on a game day, we, we sort of touched on it earlier, was just how active you are, and it's it's great. It's great to see because you're you're a resource for the group. You know, someone that the players can bounce questions off or troubleshoot things with. How does that element of the role sort of play out? Because you spoke about trust earlier, that's a huge part of it, but someone might come to you with an issue, they're feeling flat or they're feeling whatever it might be and then that kind of problem-solving part of the equation kicks in. You've sort of on the clock, you've got to figure it out. So how does that play out? I think it can depend on the player as well. Some of them know what they need if they're feeling a little bit off and they're asking me for that exact item and I can go and get it and it's just good for me to note that and then that means going forward I can check in with them about whatever that issue was and some of them are looking for the solution from me and saying this is how I feel but I don't know what to do about it and often is something like feeling flat or whatever it might be and that's when you'd start experimenting a little bit this is what you want to do at this level and especially you know first half of the season as well is to experiment a little bit so they'd be experimenting while they're playing and when they're training you know food can fit into that as well to see how that fits into things as well. So often, um, you know, what's been happening lately, a couple of them feeling flat and then we've tried, instead of it just being a straight energy gel, which has just got the carbohydrates in there, we've been trialling caffeinated energy gels instead to see if that helps, you know, experimenting timing, experimenting with the amount and, you know, so it's often things like that that we're going to be playing around with. Amount of food, types of food, the amount of um, hydration and the types of hydration those sorts of things are usually the ways that we can go about it. Can vary so many different options. Sounds like it. Yeah, but they'll also sometimes throw me a complete curveball, like something I cannot do anything about at that moment as well. And they'll say to me on game day, "Alex, I was really sick and I lost like three kilos." And I'm like, "I can't do anything about that right Laura. now." <laughs> like I'm much better now, but you know it was crazy. You know, I'm I'm only just getting you know, I, but I, you know I've lost you know, three kilos or something. Or Is that like a maybe like how do I get that back quickly? I think they're just telling me. Oh. And I'm like, but Sharing. we need to – Just to keep you up to date. Yeah, but we need to do something about that. I needed to know that like last week so I'll be really stressed about it. But they're like, no, fine, I'm good. Feel good now. But I'm just – yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> okay, I'm like good, we good. actually – this is a during the week problem, not yeah. a game day problem. This is the bounces in like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, this I can't is... do much right now. So I do get a bit stressed when they throw me something like that, which happens every couple of weeks too often but <laughs> but generally it's something we can manage on game day and you know get it done and come up with a solution and then check in after the game or at training the next week to see was it a success was it not how did they go and if it's something that they want to put into their practice going forward hmm. I like yeah. it hmm. so what would you say is a good starting point for an athlete wanting to take this kind of stuff with their food and intake that kind of thing more seriously I imagine there's a few people that would have given it a go they didn't feel well they didn't play well so they've just disregarded it yeah. what like is it a case of trial and error what would you recommend definitely trial and error I mean I think the first thing is to go and seek out um, the advice from a sports dietitian that's you know local to them or um, that they already maybe have a relationship with to get something that's a little bit more personalized and something that they can learn over time 
but definitely to be open to experimenting. So your gut is, it's like a muscle. You can strengthen it and develop it over time. And so you can adapt to having more food in it when you're playing. So if you had something or too much to eat, or maybe it was the wrong types of foods before you played and felt unwell, which I've heard lots of times, and then players have just stopped. You know, I just, oh, I haven't eaten anything for ages or I haven't eaten since breakfast. And, you know, they're completely wrecked by the end of the game because they've just run out of fuel. Um, so it's definitely about being open to experimenting a little bit. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It can be – you can get so much of it just – and especially, you know, even what these guys have is just – it's nothing – it doesn't have to be anything fancy. So, you know, making sure you've had a really good breakfast in the morning before a game, um, depending on the time of game, having a bit of a snack before as well, and then – I'm always talking about topping up your carbohydrates right before the game, half time, um, and experimenting with those in particular. It can be anything from, you know, pikelets with some jam. It can be fruit. It can be some lollies, Powerade. Um, the boys all love those rainbow fruit sticks here. Um, yeah, so they're they're really easy. And then, you know, just making sure you recover really well from the game as well and having something really nutritious after with some protein, with some carbs you know, rehydrate. It doesn't have to be complicated, but I think being open to experimenting a little bit and having a conversation with someone about it can be really helpful. But, you know, the guys here are still experimenting. So you're doing it. And at AFLW, AFL men's programs, they're still experimenting a little bit as well. So it's you're always learning and adapting and, yeah. And so is there something you should absolutely not do in terms of nutrition the night before or morning of a game? People can be really... Um, funny about the night before a game I think it's usually like pasta the night before a game doesn't have to be that you you do want some carbohydrates but I suppose it's there's I mean I'm saying as I'm about to say it I'm sure there's something that you could do that you shouldn't do but I don't think there's anything too wrong that you could make you try and keep it relatively consistent you don't try something brand new the first time that's really different to what you normally do like if you never have eggs on toast don't do it for the first time before a game you're unlikely to have success you know try it you know before school or before work you know during the week first so I suppose it's like some people have their routines and reg- you know they just like to have the same thing that's fine um but don't go the complete other direction and try something completely fresh that you've never had before you never normally have the night before or the morning of a game that stresses me out just to think about it. It does. Like it just, yeah. <laughs> the idea of like going out and having like a really hot curry or something and being like, this will be fine. It's I haven't totally heard okay. that before. I've, most people sort of say that they will normally have, you know, like wheat bix for breakfast, Monday to Friday. But then on a Saturday before a game, they felt really sick, but they had a huge cafe breakfast that day. It's like the only day that they do that. And they went out for breakfast and they ordered all of these things. Oh, yeah, I felt pretty sick. Uh, well, you don't normally have that amount of food. You have wheat bix, like two wheat bix in the morning, and then you've had quite a lot of food that's quite different to what you've normally had. That can sometimes throw you a little bit. Is it extreme? I remember seeing something in the EPL where sometimes they have really early kickoffs. They have midday kickoffs, and they will have pasta for breakfast. Is mm. that is that just weird? My dad used to do that. I I mean, I mean, it's not like it's not one of those things like pancakes for dinner. It's like, of course, you can have. You can invert your meals. Yeah. You can have past, of course you can have pasta for breakfast. But it's like, is that is like is that extreme? Is that like a bit getting it's, your carbs and you're getting them real close to the game? Yeah. But you could just as easily have got them last night. 
Yeah, but you could have it. You could get carbs with toast or muesli bar. It doesn't have to be pasta. But it's something in like pasta and footy. There's just this oh. strong relationship, I guess. So it doesn't matter how you want to do it, I suppose. But it's pretty extreme. But if that's what they what they like and it does the trick, then that's great. But it's funny you say that about pasta and footy because I fully hated spaghetti bolognese for like most of my childhood just mm. because when my dad was playing footy every single Friday night, he would make and we would eat spaghetti bolognese and I hated it. For mm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to it. Like, it's fine now. But every week I'd be on a Friday I'd be like, oh, my God, can we have anything else? But like watching It's not my even dad, footy season anymore. <laughs> exactly. But like watching my dad play football was my favourite thing. So I just sucked it up and just ate the spaghetti. But I would <laughs> complain about it. But, but yeah. Well, you got to so let him go. know. It's just unacceptable. Oh, yeah. It's Why really good spaghetti. This? Like the best spaghetti ever. Like my dad makes really good. But I was really sick of it for like years. Fair enough. You yeah. eat the same thing every Friday night for you. So Friday night's that. the fun night of the week. That's no, it's the take fun. out. Friday yeah. night's the what we having for dinner, not It was not, well, not if in the, the boys Ferguson have spaghetti, <laughs> A game on a Saturday. Yeah. They're in their routine. <laughs> but for most of us, normal mm. people, yeah. not the elite. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we gave you a little bit of homework to do in preparation for this podcast interview. Um, we thought it'd be a fun exercise for you to build for us or anyone out there wanting to give it a go, uh, kind of game day lunchbox. Mm-hmm. Is it, so it depends how in-depth you want to go. I usually start thinking, I mean, if we're talking just the lunchbox, that's during the game. But I think it's good to actually think about the night before as well, like go all the way from the night before. Let's do it. Let's do it. We don't have to go into too much detail. but Pasta. Not spaghetti. <laughs> night before. It has to only be pasta. Yeah, that's it. No, we need just pasta a Pasta for breakfast dinner. as well. Yeah. Double up. In your lunchbox, pasta. Pasta. Dry pasta. <laughs> Half time, pasta. Yeah. Uh, um, the night before, you just want like a balanced dinner. We don't need to have pasta. If you want pasta, that's great. But as long as there's carbs, protein and still plenty of colour, vegetables, then that is a winner for the dinner. And then when you get to game day, I think the most important thing is to work back other than the most important thing being experimenting and learning what's right to work back and work out what time your game is and how long you have to have your last meal, your last snack, because everyone is a little bit different to work out what sits well, what you can tolerate, how close to the, you know, the game, but assuming it's say like, you know, midday, 12 o'clock game, there'd be plenty of time for breakfast in the morning, which again should just be a balanced breakfast. So it could just be something like eggs on toast with some veggies um, you know, cooked up on the side or wheat bix or muesli with yogurt or milk and fruit. So it can just be nice and balanced. There's no like hidden secrets. But what starts to get a little bit more strategic is as you get closer to the game. So if you have time for a snack a couple of hours, two, three hours before the game, then that's great. You want to try and do that. So it's like your last chance to get some protein in because protein takes a long time, a longer time to digest. So we don't want it sitting in the stomach while they're playing for too long. That's something that can can make people feel a little bit unwell if they have too much protein around the time of playing. So having it, it could be like a yogurt pouch and a muesli bar, for example, to have a bit of a snack. Again, simple. You can get that from the shops pretty easily. And then when you get to the game, you can start to, again, get a little bit more strategic with the types of carbohydrates. So that could be something like bringing in um, one of those rainbow bars. It could be bringing in something like an LCM, even like a really sugary type muesli bar that's higher in sugar that you might be having, you know, maybe an hour or so before the game starts. It could be pikelets with a bit of jam or honey or like white bread with Vegemite or honey or, you know, whatever it might be. So we're getting that last bit of carbohydrates in. So you could easily pack something like that in. 
And then at half time is when you can make your own little lunchbox if you wanted. So you'd experiment as to what that might be and how much you can tolerate. And it could even be liquid. It could just be having a drink bottle with some Powerade or Gatorade in it to get some of those sugars in as well. Or it could be any of the options that the boys are having. It could be some snakes, could be some dried fruit, fresh fruit, um, those rainbow bars again, um, pikelets. It could even be pretzels. So if you like more savory foods, you might be going for something like pretzels instead, which has got a bit of the salt on it. Um, or having some like a white bread with Vegemite instead. So the op- there's heaps of options. It's working out what's right for you, which is what all these boys have been doing over the last, you know, many weeks as well. And then the next time that you'll be having something will be after the game. So getting a source of protein, carbohydrates and some fluid in. So that could be really easy, just like an up and go. The boys here use the up and go Energize, which is a bit higher in protein, but it could just be like a big M if you prefer those or any sort of milky drink like that is great because it's got sugar, it's got protein and it's got some fluid in there. And then when you get home, you can have something proper to eat. You can cook yourself up something, but you could pack something as well, I suppose, if you wanted. I suppose that's the beauty, isn't it? Like what you've just outlined there is if you're playing on Saturday at any <coughs> level of football, earlier in the week, on the Friday night, on the Thursday, if you went to the shops, you went to a Coles or a Woolworths and you picked up some muesli bars and some LCMs, as you said, or a bag of snakes or some yogurt pouches, you could actually put a really cost-effective little lunchbox together for, Definitely. The, for the day. Yep. You have to show some discipline between <laughs> games yes. so you don't eat all that stuff you've just bought. But well, it wouldn't work for me. But the, the point is, yeah, like you've actually got a really, really cost-effective, really cheap to put together, really functional yeah, it's easy. group of half a dozen or so bits and pieces yep. that you can go back to and, yeah, you'll, you'll figure out as time goes on what works, what goes with this, what doesn't, what I liked, what I didn't, what I responded well to, which is really, really cool. And I think that, I don't know, I always feel sometimes that these conversations can feel a little bit, uh, it's too much, I don't know enough about it. Mm. And it's like, no, it's actually, if you can kind of declutter this sort of thing for people, it's more accessible than they realise. It's easier to achieve than they realise at a basic enough level, Mm -hmm. but obviously seeking out professional um, help will take it. Yeah, and personalised. Yeah, is there, is there like one or two? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is there a couple of things that you should absolutely just have in your pantry? Just like in, for anything. Just in terms of like, so say you you've, you know you're, you're playing a reasonable level of sport, you're playing semi regularly. Is there a couple of things? Is it like a a particular like a Nutella or a like a jam or a, you know pikelets or is it just what's a really cool go to item that you can just have on hand? I think it's about having enough on hand, like just utilising convenient options that are there. So things like muesli bars are great. You know, they're easy ways to be able to get what you need and you can throw them in your lunchbox. I'm always talking about the roast fava beans and roast chickpeas to all the players because they're a little bit of extra protein. It's not much, but it's a little bit more than what you might get um, with other sorts of snacks and that can be a way to tide you over between meals. So, and they're, you know... um, pre-portioned and packaged and easy to just throw in your bag and grab when you want. Um, Those sorts of things are really great to be able to have access to, I think. Just there's plenty of really good options out there. It's just knowing when to use them and um, I think that's more more the key. I've got a couple of items to ask you about here. Yeah. Pretzels. Yeah. What's with them? Everyone loves pretzels on game day. I don't know what it is. Only on game day though. Only on game day. That's what everyone says to me. Well, that's what they claim when they would. I'm the test case because I never eat pretzels. It's not just you. Anywhere, Everyone anywhere. says that to me. I don't e- know. Ever, but on a game day, mm. it's all I can eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it just – Is it you mentioned them earlier. Is it just 
salt and just the, I don't know. I think it's something novel. Like if you'd never have it normally, like I don't have pretzels at home. I'm all for pretzels, but I just don't have them. And I think so, seeing something, it's not just the pretzels. Everyone's all into the pikelets as well, mm. you know. So I don't know anyone that would normally have pikelets during the week. There's not, you know, unless the boys are having it before sessions or, but it's some, when we're here, no one has pretzels, no one has pikelets, no one has any of this stuff. And all of a sudden it's all in front of them. And it's, it's almost like a, they're almost like party food in I a know. strange way. A little bit, Where's yeah. Where's the fairy bread with the sprinkles? <laughs> Maybe that's the next Having seen the, the pikelets around here, I have bought some recently. There you go. All right, like, so you started to become yeah. less exciting for you then on game yeah. day. No one has yet told me other than you right now that they've then gone and uh, – I saw I them and I was like, yeah, I need I've, some. <laughs> yeah, I'll put some jam and cream on them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All the secrets are coming out now. So it shouldn't be as exciting now when you see it. But they're, game a weird, day. they're a weird size though, aren't they? It's like how many do you commit to in any one – Two. Two. So that's a thing because you get eight – yeah, they're a little bunch. And they don't last long. No. Yeah. No, you got if you you got to commit to eating them. Yeah, you have to yeah, you really pretty do. Pretty quickly. They don't last that long. They have to be efficient. Absolutely. And then my last one here is mm. oranges. Yeah. Where'd they go? Yeah. They used to be a staple of I'm, the quarter time. I know. Breaks. I think oranges are great. They're actually really great options. But you know what it is? Is they're just an I mean, personally I find them a bit annoying to eat. Because you end up with a bit that you have to then throw out. Mm. And if you eat it, you know, if they're cutting those wedges, those typical wedges, you have to, I don't know, it's, I think they just got phased out because they were just, that. you have to then collect all the rubbish compared to say apples where if you cut them up, you can just, you know, you're done. They just, because like oranges. Oranges are great. Were, they're delicious. Yeah. And especially like they're refreshing. You won't find a bigger fan. Than me. But <laughs> the point the point is they used to be, it was so funny, like growing up it was oranges. Everyone, yep. who's got the oranges? Yeah. Where are the oranges? And then all of a sudden, no, gone. Don't mm. see them anywhere near a football field anymore. It just feels like, you know, cock of the walk, you know, feather duster. Yeah. Oranges gone. Maybe we should bring oranges back this weekend. <laughs> just for sure. I'll message Harry, <laughs> get them on the list. Because <laughs> I remember seeing someone was saying that they were phased out because it was determined that they weren't. There was something about them that was counterproductive for physical exercise. Oh. Uh-huh. And I was sort of, I sort of thought, where is this study? Show me this study. Yeah, send me the study. I and think they'd still be good. Like they've got a bit of, you know, hydrate you a bit as mm-hmm. well. Got some carbs. They taste terrific. We can't taste stress good. that enough. And you could be pretty hygienic about them because you don't have to, you know, I think they'd be pretty good. It's just you end up with that last little bit and it's a bit of work to, to cut them all up, I suppose. I mean, we're not condoning littering. Yeah. Mm. Could just go back in the lunch boxes though. It could no, no, because what, what if it's quarter time or three quarter okay, time? Yeah. It's like you probably could just drop them on the ground. Yeah, we wouldn't want that. On the oval? Yeah. Compost? Mm-mm. Yeah, the circle no. of life, you know. The antelope eats the grass. They, <laughs> no, we, but we then they have the to play on the leftover bits of orange for the it's rest of the game. It's not Mario. They're not going to slip on the orange You don't field. know that. I think you're thinking about it too much. Bring them back, I say. <laughs> All right. Chilled. Keep them in the fridge. <laughs> so <laughs> they're, they're nice and... If they're back on the menu this weekend, I want a photo from you. Just you know to, the worst part the about dedication it to the oranges. They'll, they'll turn up on the menu and they'll be like roundly... Dismissed. No, no one will want them. And then, and then I'll be peer pressured. I'll be like, I don't want them either. <laughs> yeah. I don't what feel have you like done, them. Alex? What's what have wrong you with done? You? I wasn't being Why have you just brought these in for no reason? 
I think I'll probably just confuse all the players if they've had their same lunchbox and all of a sudden a new piece of fruit yeah. gets put in there. <laughs> like, hang on, what's going on? We'll what's happening? If, a, if we ever have something different, they do make comments. You know, we had pythons instead on the weekend instead of our normal snakes. and Pythons were winners. Yeah, they were like, what's this? What's going on here? If you have a party mix instead, they're like, oh, this is great. You know, so you, you might the, be able to surprise them that way, get some new piece of fruit in there instead. We shouldn't have discussed this, not that Fergus Green will necessarily be listening to this, <laughs> but he strikes me as a sort of person person who would be like internally rattled he'd be like going what's with the oranges <laughs> he'd be walking back out to like you know down to the goal square after the break and he'd be like oranges maybe it'll be his like best game yet maybe, maybe. i was about to say that maybe the oranges is like a, a boost we need maybe yeah, you don't increases, know what, what's his average now per, is it like four her game yeah. seems to be anyway. He's no, going to get it to no, five. No. Or it's probably two and a bit. Well, we oh. know he's eight goals well, fair, off You're pretty of good. 100. I reckon you're four. I reckon you could get to four. Yeah. Come on. Let's Step give it, it a go. Let's give it a go. <laughs> Done. Speaking of giving it a go, Emily, what are we up to now? We're up to our quick hand segment, Uh-oh. Alex. So yes. first thing that comes to your mind, oh God. just give us. Are we ready? No pressure. No. Just <laughs> whatever comes first. We're ready to right. Oh, God. Yeah. Hold on. Have I got the thing on? Yeah. Oh, God. That makes me stressed. Got stuff to do. <laughs> okay, who's going to win our best and fairest? Ferg. Favourite ground or stadium you've been to so far this year? Uh, in Sydney. That was pretty cool. What's your guilty Giants. pleasure food? Guilty pleasure, chips. Who's your favourite, all-time favourite AFL player? Buddy. Underrated performance food? Um, Pikelets. Favourite sport aside from football? Rowing. Uh, best holiday destination? Literally anywhere at this point. Maldives, maybe. Okay, according to Stu Horner, he has the best skin folds. True or false? <laughs> sure, Stu, yes. And according to Hugh Beasley, he has the worst. True or false? False. Uh, who follows your advice the most? Name names. Blanky. And now he's drafted, so heads up. It's a yeah. lesson. <laughs> yeah, and who follows your advice the least? No comment. <laughs> and lastly, who should we interview in a future episode? Uh, Brady Gray. He said this before. He was talking about this. And Brady's a hard one to read. Uh, he, he feels like he's... I think he wants to be a guest. He mentioned the Tuesday. He said, great podcast, guys. I was like, that's a very big compliment from you, Brady. Thank you. I never know if he's winding us up with yeah, stuff, though, where it's like... I literally can never point. tell if it's a joke or not. But I kind of we'll love know. that about him, to be honest. No, it, it, is, it is good, but it's sort of... You have to do a bit of prep for this stuff. And it's like, we don't want to do this and him be like, no, I was joking. <laughs> well, lock him in the room and do that. This is a good lesson for making yeah. jokes. So we mentioned earlier that like Charlie Beasley could not be more shocked how jazzed he is about being on whenever we get him on. And in the same way, it's like with Brady, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, you just winded me up though, mate. Like you're talking about you want to be on or? Nah, like, get him on. You? He'd be a great guest. That'll be good. Okay. But also, right. can we talk about how perfectly timed that was? Oh, yes. I that was, was great. I, did you not press it at the end? Was that no, just perfect? No, 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 oh, no. We've not yet gotten through all the questions and you did. Oh. So, good job. No, Go goes for a minute. Goes for one <laughs> minute. The on the top. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so, I suppose, Alex, ultimately, that is us done. Thank you so much for coming on. That was so fun. Thanks, Thanks for having for me. having a chat. That was um, great. Our first non-playing guest too. Congratulations. What an honour. <laughs> part of that might be motivated slightly by the streak we've been on recently but i thought we'd, we'd mix it up maybe sean you can't say that i didn't say it i didn't say anything you've kind of brought it up now i didn't verbalize it what's this mean sean thinks the reason we've lost the past three weeks I is because of the podcast you were gonna say but that. that's not the case because we lost to footscray before we interviewed ed so that can't be it but well, we were going to interview ed yes but we didn't before we didn't it's not our fault it can't be <laughs> <laughs>
I yeah. refuse to have that responsibility. I feel guilty if that's the well, case. Well, we will find out in a few days, won't we? We will. Test it. Yeah. This is how we'll know. It's nerve-wracking. It's dangerous. We won't it have is. a probably, probably maybe we won't have an episode next week because someone's gonna be like, no, nah, cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Naps, the podcast. Or Proc's gonna be like, just no. <laughs> no more. Yeah. I found the connection. It's you <laughs> people. Yeah, just bear with me. I think it might be the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love you to bring that to Proc. I'd like you to seriously say, hey, I just I need to have a serious talk with you. Do you have a couple of minutes? I, I think the reason we haven't been winning, I think it's my fault. Since we started this podcast, it's a superstition. There's yeah. a very, very good sports documentary series. For, it's a little bit underground. A lot of people might not have heard of it. It's called Class of '92, and there's now <laughs> you were going to say that four one four or five series of it. Now there's only two or three episodes in a series. <laughs> yep. But it's basically about um, a group of former Manchester United players bought a non-league football club in the United Kingdom with the aim of getting them long term to the Premier League, which you can do. You can be playing in the eighth tier. So they bought this down and out club, Salford City. And they, because of their profile, the camera crew comes in and documents what they're doing, makes yeah. a bit of money, a bit of exposure for the club. It's very clever. But there's this bit where one of the seasons they're going through a bad run of form and one of the managers, uh, Anthony Johnson's quite a rough and tumble sort of guy. They ask him about this run they're on and he goes, oh, when you're in a bad stretch, he goes, you're questioning everything. Mm. Is it, you're questioning, is it, you know, your tactics? Is it your selection? Is it because you changed the kit? Is it because someone else, is, someone came in wearing the wrong socks? So is it, he goes, you do get very paranoid. And I sort of thought, yeah, he's right. Yeah. You, you do start going, what is it? Yeah. It's the podcast. It is. No, it's not. We'll tell the players <laughs> later on, just to let you know. We're going to have a riot outside these doors maybe <laughs> if that's the case. Let's yeah. see what happens this weekend. I think that's a good idea. But no, Alex, thank you so much for being on. Thanks Pleasure for having, having you. Um, Catch you next time. Yes, sounds Thank awesome. You. Thanks, guys. So, Em, we've just had a great chat with uh, Stoney. What did you make of it? It was great. Very informative, educational. Good insight to what she does. Like, I mean, I see her doing it, but it's good to hear about the ins and outs of it and how she enjoys it. And look, we, we certainly enjoy having her here. And um, obviously we mentioned Zara and Alice who have helped her out at various points throughout the season to date as well. And, and they all do such an amazing job. Um, you know, they're, they're such an important part of the team and – not just how we function on a game day, but how we get through the week to week as well. And you know, I think I speak for everyone at the club when I say we're we're wrapped to have them, and um, we love having them around. They do such an amazing uh, job for us. Absolutely. So housekeeping for this week, we mentioned off the top of the show, it is an enormous day on Saturday beyond the game itself, which is obviously super important given our recent run of form and big game. Us needing to get back on the winners list and hopefully back in the top eight and. Werribee who sits sixth and, and they're having a good year and they obviously want to consolidate where they are. Um, but the Beyond Blue Cup, which is, as I said earlier, an annual game uh, to raise you know awareness for the wonderful work that Beyond Blue do in the community. Um, we wore the wristbands out on the track tonight. We did a bit of a social post around that. Um, it's an important day. You know, we, we obviously take it so seriously and the honour to, to play in these matches so seriously and uh, us and Werribee have done a great job there you know, for a number of years now. Um, the game itself starts at 2.05. Mm -hmm. um, I think the gates are usually they're about 12.30-ish. About, um, yeah. about that. Really looking forward to it. Great occasion. Obviously, the other thing we mentioned was the jumper. Yes. Which is just good fun, isn't it? When you roll out the, the retro stuff, I think everyone – I know Paso, I sort of, we showed it to him earlier and, and he, he was like, he was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see it in action. Be good. I, I think – yeah, I think that's just the fun part of it for those who have sort of grown up or have a familiarity with, you know, Box Hill in the VFA. I think it'll really strike a chord with them because it's it's like just a really 
sort of beautiful classic box hill jumper like a really sort of captures the i suppose the era and the vibe and the fun and 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 whatnot that um the hall of fame luncheon is all about and it'll be really really good fun so special shout out to everyone who's brought that to life um you know dan napoli harry rook have uh, done a mountain of work and a, an outstanding job as have um those at isc who have obviously brought it to life um so keep an eye out like i said early next week we'll we'll have some fun with that and and plaster it across socials and looking forward to getting some great photos of it um, from the game. Um, and then the second part of the, the the game day itself is TAC Road Safety Round, which is obviously an annual uh, event all across Victoria, um, a fantastic initiative that's rolled out across all levels of football in the state. And um, you'll see teams from the VFL, um, you know, I think Brett Ratton's obviously the spokesperson for the event, uh, which, is, which is really cool, which is you know, wonderful to see. And um, I suppose it's all just about you know, raising awareness, we'll be wearing blue armbands um, and the message behind that is simple, just a band together. You know, they represent every life that we've lost on Victorian roads and seek to encourage everyone in our community to, to use roads safely because I think sometimes you can, it's easy to forget, it's, it's not just about you. If you're using the road, it's everyone else, it's your loved ones, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big responsibility that I think sometimes people maybe take for granted or, or you know, don't... Um, you know, pay the proper respects. So that that's a really important thing which we get behind every year and um, we hope that it raises awareness and people coming along or watching on TV or going to watch their local football club on the weekend, you know, get it behind the message and get you know right across it because uh, it is obviously very important. Of course, it's always important to be safe on the road. So good way to honour that. Absolutely. Um, we'll obviously be covering the game as we do on Saturday. Um Another home game, two in a row. How exciting. Felt like we didn't have a home game because we had the bye. Yeah. And we had a trip away, we had a trip to Footscray. It was sort of like it felt like we were away from home for five or six weeks, yeah. which is crazy. So to have sort of back-to-backs, it's always fun to, to come home. Um, Hopefully win this weekend at home. Do you, want me to, do you want me to say it again? Say what? No, I don't want you to say it again. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I don't want to verbalise that. I think verbalising it. You already said it. Yeah. I could yeah. edit it out. <laughs> Verbalising it. Because that just makes everyone else think it's our fault. But it might be. It's not. It might be our fault. You can't say that. I'm too superstitious oh. for it to be that. Well, that brings us to a close. <laughs> um, not on a great note, to be honest. But look, massive weekend for the footy club. Massive weekend at the ground on Saturday. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this chat and, and, and this episode with Stoney. Um, fantastic. I thought she was really, really great. Um, we've got a big guest coming up next week, which is a lot of fun. We won't spoil that. Um, I've got a couple of exciting ones coming up. We've got next a few, few weeks. I, I keep saying this. I could not be more stunned that certain people actually want to do this. Some of them are not surprised though. Who? Who are you? I'm not surprised that wants to be on the podcast. Well, we mentioned... Brady Gray during the episode. That, that like, one did surprise that, that me. That seems like a joke. But there's one we'll have in, to clarify that with him. There's one in particular that I'm just like, he could not be more excited. Okay, yeah, that one. That's fair. But I meant... And I'm excited that he's excited. Yeah. But I'm surprised. I'm not excited, but I am excited. Which yeah. will come to light as to why in a few weeks, but... Yeah, potentially. <laughs> it, it, could be, it could be okay. But uh, so if you're having fun, if you're liking the show, um, we really would appreciate if you would like and subscribe to the channel. Um, so it helps it grow and, and gives us a little bit of traction. You can do that on Apple at the moment. And in the coming weeks, we'll expand out onto a few of the other ones. 
Uh, but thanks so much for listening in. We hope you enjoyed the chat. Uh, again, brought to you by Budget Car and Truck Rental for Emily Ferguson. See you next week. <laughs> yep. For me, Sean <laughs> Peter, we'll see you next week as well. Have a lovely day. We're a happy team at Barstool. We're the mighty fighters.